Welcome to a special episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. Tonight, I am joined by a very close friend of the show, Justin Sorois. Using the miracle that is internet technology to talk across the depths of space and time about his new work, <coughs> Beneath the Spire and the Sound, which is a follow-up to last year's resounding Kickstarter success, Beneath the Inverted Church. So... Ask some questions to Justin. He gives us some very candid replies. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoy as we get inside the mind of another creator. Uh, thanks for listening. All righty, man. Hey. Hi. It's, it's good to hear from you again. How you been? I've been really, really well, man. Uh, it's it's good to talk to you on on the telephone. Yeah, no kidding, right? So we're like next leveling our game technology-wise. I'm really sorry for all the um, contortions I made you go through to get to get onto the podcast today. I really appreciate how game you've been. Thank you. Yeah, I learned a lot in the last seven minutes. <laughs> we clapped. <laughs> well, now we clapped together. <laughs> you, you you are ready to go on all of the very best second-rate podcasts. Oh. Like, if a second-rate podcast comes calling, you're <laughs> ready to work with them, is all I have to say. Excellent. Uh, so, man, the you know, as much as it is fun to hang out with you and catch up with you, um, the reason for my call today is you've got a Kickstarter going, isn't that right? Yeah, man. Uh, beneath Book 2, The Spire and the Sound is live on the Kickstarter. Well, that's exciting. We've been yeah. looking forward to that quite a bit over at Full Metal RPG. And um, you were very kind. You sent us a preview copy. Uh, and so we've definitely been talking about it in the old gamer group. Why don't you... Uh, you, do you, do you is it, why don't you go ahead and fill in, fill in the audience as to what they can expect from beneath the spire and the sound. All right, yeah. So um, I'm going to sort of... Maybe assume that listeners are somewhat familiar with book one. Maybe they haven't played it all the way through or they haven't cracked it open. But um, I consider book one mainly exposition. So it, like, it sets up the whole adventure. It gets um, the player is very, in, in my mind, very invested in the narrative and the, uh, the NPCs that are in, in the world. Um, book two... Not just it doesn't just expand on the narrative and the the world. I think it really, uh, oh man, I, I think it really like gets people caring about uh, about not not just the story, but the the property and the land and the the bodies that exist in the space. Um, and I guess like when I say I guess I care about the the body part a lot. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about like uh, a character's like flesh and um, how much people are are invested in the the physicality of their characters. Um, so I don't I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but I that book two sinks its hooks as as far as it can into your character sheet hoping to tear it in half. Wow. Now that is a promise right there. <laughs> um, so tell me, how do you accomplish this? 
Yeah, this, these these are lofty goals that you've set out for, my friend. How yeah. is it that the spire and the sound will accomplish this? Because to those who are like joining us and kind of like new to perhaps this um, this conversation, it's been going on for a while. Justin and I have been talking back and forth about Beneath, and the the first book is is graphic and horrifying. It's about a descent into a church. There's a lot of body horror. There's a lot of um, like really graphic imagery that contorts uh, religion and kind of like intersects it with sexuality. And all of this is, is just, you know, covered in a bucket full of gore. Um, and now, and now we're kind of, we're, we're wrapping up the campaign, right? This is going to be the, this is the second part and final part of this campaign, correct? Yeah. The, the, this story arc will be complete with book two. I mean, I definitely plan on doing more, but uh, the, the main, the main arc will be over. And so how, what, what processes have you baked into the creation of the module to invest us in these, um, the lives and the physical, the physical natures of these characters? Um, it's really, it's, it's sort of hard not to spoil stuff for the players. Um, Mm. But I, I, I think, all right, like playing with... Is there anything mechanically that you're doing? Are there new mechanics that we can look forward to? Are there, like, in particular role-playing opportunities that we can look forward to? You can maybe kind of tease to us? I'll, I'll, I'll probably, like, speak more like a broader sense. Um, sure. Because, like, I'm, I'm definitely trying to, like, exploit tropes of, like, loot and property and um, even, like, deeper stuff like class and race and gender. Um and the, the, like the whole like antagonist of beneath is this like gentle um, pacifist demon who's been summoned, right? Like this like inverted cupid, and like a cupid's role is to pair people up and like find a mate for you. And at the end of book one, I mean, totally kind of spoiling stuff. Like you, I think the players realize that this demon who's been summoned, and you're not sure why or how at that point. Um, is not malicious. It, it's just just sort of arrived in this plane, and it has these goals, these sort of like strange, misunderstood goals. But it's not trying to harm you. There's and it sort of comes with all this baggage. Like other things are trying to harm you, but it itself is just sort of like trying to create something better and new, like this new society or this new like um, species. And then in book two everything gets turned up to 11. Like I think that, um, your, um, your loot, your property. And like at at the end of book one, you actually get a piece of physical property, which is hopefully meaning to meaningful to the party. That property itself is going to be, um, in jeopardy. And, uh, slowly as you descend back into the crypt, um, and there's different names for the crypt. I can't really like completely spill the beans as to like what you're going back into. Um, but everything that you own and everything that, that you've acquired, including your body, including your gender, including your race and your class becomes secondary. And hopefully if I, if I'm doing my job correctly in this story, um, you're going to feel like two things. You're going to feel like you're an insurgent in this world uh, misappropriately and that your language of violence is wrong. And then two, you're going to mistrust your physicality. 
Um, and I hope, I, I hope that it makes people not completely uncomfortable, but I hope it makes like people uncomfortable enough to like really like sit down for a second and be silent and be like, all right, yeah, you, this thing might be correct. Like what I'm doing in this world might be completely wrong because I'm the invader inside this space. Um, and there's a lot, I think, I mean, that's a huge kind of goal for me to set, but like, I'm trying to like really make the players feel like the perpetrators. Um, I might've said too much. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I honestly don't think so. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of, uh, that's, so you're kind of, you're kind of hoping that people are going to have a philosophical conversation at the table, right? And I imagine in character, I'm hoping. Oh, no, maybe. Um, I mean, my main goal is for them, for everyone to have fun. Uh, okay. And, and solid. Yeah. And like, you could play the game and, and just collect loot and upgrade yourself and become this uh, really powerful person and, and blow through it and not really question anything. And I, I think that's fine, too. Um, every every player, every reader, every person, every viewer is going to have a different experience. And I can't... All I can do is set the bar high and hope that some people get it Uh I don't know. I, I think I learned a lot from writing novels too. Like every single person that reads your work is going to have a very different understanding of what it is. So um, all you can do is do do your best and and try to say something different. You know. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Uh, so what has the response been like on Kickstarter? Are people? Um showing up are people coming out for the for the new book yeah um it had a really strong debut uh there's always that like sagging sad hammock in the middle that you, uh, yes. you sort of watch with with dark eyes <laughs> uh <laughs> but i, I guess but this, you've already made your funding goal yeah usually, it's right? yeah definitely funded definitely funded i'm just i'm thrilled that people want to read it at all you know if i had 10 people i i should be happy um I, I guess this would be my opportunity to be like, you got to get the beneath box. You got to get the, the box set because it's going to be worth it. Um, I think it's totally worth it because it's going to come with some exclusive things like minis and stuff that we're still. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're still, I'm still working with, um, I'm going to give a shout out, shout out to, uh, into the Necrobis, my boy, uh, who's. Oh, yeah. He's, oh yeah, I know him on on Insta. What up? Yeah, he's a nut. He's he's his stuff is really unique. Um, he's sculpting the minis for Hannah, which everyone should be familiar with from the cover of book one, and then the main NPC from book two is Emily. She's this like really kind of grotesque witch. Um, so he promised that we would have the final minis tonight that I can show the Kickstarter guys. So like the box is going to come with those exclusive minis. Um, where are they going to be cast in? He he uses resin. Oh, cool! Yeah, I love, I love resin. I love resin minis. Me too, man. This is like proper old school. Uh, you know, his style is like kind of like little chunky, uh, very very like OSR in a in an appropriate way. So, uh, oh, defos, yeah, yeah. So buy the beneath box. Um, if anything, when I die, you know, you can sell it for 
three times the price, which is just as much as inflation would be. So you'd be breaking even. It's like a solid, <laughs> you know, 3%. It's going to gain 3% value every year. What, um, what you're saying is it's better <laughs> than taking that exact same money and putting it in a tin can and burying it in the backyard. Absolutely, man. That Way better than that. Absolutely. As far as investments go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm stoked, man. Um, and the 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 Monster Manual, pest, um, Pleasures and Pestilence, that is going to yeah. be fucked up. Like, so 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 okay. <laughs> I, this up. is this is what what everybody wants to hear about. Yeah. Now now I will say, uh, listeners, that you kind of gotta if you're if you're with those kind that goes on Kickstarter and you just like scroll through the little thing on the side real fast and you look at the pledge levels, you might overlook this fucking monster manual here because it's in the stretch. It's not stretch goals. It's in the add-ons. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you gotta look for the add-ons. Um, but I am absolutely certain everybody's going to want one of these. Tell us all about it, Justin. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So like I wanted to, cause like in the, in the story, the invert, this like alternate world plane is super important, uh, in both books and it's, it's super mysterious in book one. And I think the players are such low level that they don't really dip, dip their toes into that portal very often. And if they do, they, um, pull themselves out really quickly. It's very um, punishing if you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's fun. Like, you roll a d20, and it could be um, there's like a symmetrical lion, you know, like a lion with like um, the front and back is the same. And I think that's one of the lower level creatures that you could encounter. Or you could roll um, something, it's almost like instant death if you roll this another uh, possibility. So in book two, you're definitely leveling up a lot. You're you're finding cool gear. Um, there's like plague armor that does like strange things that like carcinogenic um, uh, attributes to these this armor that you can like you know um, give cancer to people. Um, but you're also acquiring like stained salt suits. Uh, these weird upgrade suits. It's almost like Magneto where you can like control ionized salt inside creatures and manipulate their like salt levels um and that would let you go into the invert with only that gear and you'd be able to battle the original monsters so i had that in mind i was like oh man like it'd be fun to have um a, a d100 chart of monsters to make it completely random so oh, yeah yes d100 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 so the, the the monster manual pleasures and pestilence is going to be a d100 book um and whenever your players feel like they can handle it they can uh jump into the invert and you would roll depending on what chamber you're in there'd be rules for you to roll um, those pages and uh pull out these awful awful abominations so the so we're gonna get a hundred monsters in there. Yes, hundred unique monsters we've never seen before, yeah. and they're all gonna be kind of, uh, they're gonna have like the Justin Saroy's TM like body horror like thing going. Is that right? Yeah. So there's three categories. There's wardens, witches, and weird animals. Um, okay. Yeah. You had me. You had me at witches, and then you just took it to weird animals. So the three W's, um, and yeah, three categories. I already have seventy. I think seventy-three at this point are illustrated. 
Um, Ooh, and nice. Yeah, uh, I've been drawing my my fingers off, um, and I, I think a lot of that. If you back if you back the Kickstarter, you can access the backers only updates because I don't think they're so graphic that I'm really not allowed to post them in in the Kickstarter. Like someone already warned me, like, hey buddy, like you need to take this down, like you need to like have a warning. So um, even if you just want to back a dollar and like back out later, you can, you could see all the updates and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, I think on the Kickstarter, there's at least 50 that I posted. Um, and they're all, you know, they're all going to be weird. They're all going to be like, uh, they'll test your charisma. They'll like do strange things. Like there's these headhunters that are after magic users, uh, heads so they can like keep them preserved and use your spells for a couple months like keep your keep the mage's head alive dude <laughs> what, what are you doing what, dude man what are you doing to me it's gross what are you doing to me man you know i'm in the middle of an lotfp game right now <laughs> and i really need this book like today um, um yeah the, the so what what's so are you going to be able to port these monsters into uh, what, what? What kind of systems can you port them into, and how easy is it to port them into other ones? It's it's written pretty loosely, so like just like uh, book one, they'll have an armor. It, like their stats will be, um, you know, HD eight or HP uh, sixty slash uh, armor class equivalent to chainmail slash speed seven um i'm writing it as 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 generically as possible and then like a pretty like uh fleshed out um description like i'm trying to like i'm definitely trying to insert these npcs into the world and have them have have context and make sense um yeah and they might like fit the ecology you want them to fit the ecology absolutely yeah and they might have um they might have possessions on them that would um, fit the narrative. Like, oh, hey, like this NPC has a, fo- a drawing of um, the oldest NPC's mother in their pocket or something like that. You you could drop that out if it does- doesn't make sense for your story. Um, sure. But the meat of it, like you're going to get all the stats and you're going to get like all the spells and weapons and things. And um, uh, a smart uh, DM, GM could uh, adapt as they see fit. So, um, I'm going to see, I'm going to say as system agnostic as, as possible. So what went into, like what informed your desire to go as system agnostic as possible? Because I'm a member of a, of a writing group right now. It's an RPG writing group. And we have been talking about this quite a bit. And to be totally honest, your name comes up quite a bit as a, um, like as a document to reference, we all, I think we all have beneath and we all kind of like carry it around and are prone to like opening it up and like pounding on the pages, like your typical cultist. Mm-hmm. So what, so this, this, you know, we're, we're having this, these conversations about like uh, the mentality that goes into creating things in this way. Could you inform us of what your process was like and what the decision, what decision making went into that? Yeah. Um, I just, I just knew that um, I couldn't create a system for myself. Like, I just didn't have the experience quite yet. And I don't even know if I would want to. Um, maybe years down the road, I might want to explore, like, creating a system. But it, it was really interesting to me that I was entering a genre where there's so much history of people 
with their own habits and their own languages, aka systems, um, and that I could sort of write like a, a very universal story and have it be interpreted in so many different ways. I think that's like, it's such a postmodern thing. It's, it sounds so weird to say, but like, um, it's such a cool opportunity to like present a story, put it out in the world, and have it be interpreted in, you know, limitless ways. I think I think that's like super yeah. interesting. Um, you you have to give up a lot of control, and I think I might be used to that through like um, like maybe like creating web pages or like even like writing novels. Like you just have to sort of like give in to the audience, and this this particular type of module writing, you do have to like take a step back and know that things could go haywire or the game master could completely misinterpret things. But I think that's okay. Like, I think that's, that's fine. And you're not going to be in the room anyway, <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> has anybody come up to you and talked about their Beneath campaign yet? Like, has anybody come up to you like at a con or something and been like, oh man, and then we did this and then we did that and that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, um, definitely, like, friends, like, acquaintances have, and then um, people have posted, like, live streams of it, which is, like, really strange to watch. Oh, wow. That sounds really surreal. What's that like? Uh, these dudes in the UK, um, if you just, if you go onto YouTube and, and search Beneath the Inverted Church, there's, like, 30 hours of these guys in the UK playing through it, and they recreated everything, like, in three dimension. Like, I don't know what software they're using. Um, it's not roll 20, but it's, I don't know what it is, but it, like they took a lot of time to like recreate the maps and stuff. And they're like ridiculous. You know, they're just having a blast. Um, I tried watching it all, but I just, I, I literally, I think I watched half, which is still a lot. <laughs> 30, um, 30 hours is a long time. Oh, it's a long time just to be a witness. Um, but uh, it, it's just, it's a trip to know that you can write a living document and like everything's a living document, you know, like if you write an open letter to Trump, that's a living document. If you, you know, uh, do a live journal, whatever the heck, it's a living document. Um, but a, a RPG mod module is like meant to be a interpreted living um, interactive document. I guess the interactive part is what makes it special. Um, and, and knowing that possibly at any second during any second right now that someone could be playing or, or, or speaking your words is so exciting. You know, like I, I feel humbled and, and fortunate that that even that's a possibility, you know, that that yeah. someone could be doing that right now. They're probably yeah, not right awesome. now, but you know, well, they, Hey, you know, it's a big world. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so when you were in the development of, of this, I, cause, because you run, uh, when you run it, when you play test it, you run it with, uh, the black hack. Am I correct? Yeah, we've, um, the book one was strictly the black hack. And now we've sort of graduated to this weird hybrid thing where we're using armor class and multiple, uh, versions of spells and things. I think we've all sort of just... Did you create this yourself? Uh, yes and no. So I have my buddy Jimmy, who, uh, is always like my right hand man. So he's got a lot of experience with like edition two through five. So like, we're sort of working together to like make this like 
slick, understandable hybrid version of the hack. So like we're just like stacking things on the hack as like. So so you're hacking the hack. We're hacking the hack, which is it's what that's what it's meant to to do anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so, so what you're saying is, is you set out to not write a system, and now, in order to play test the document, you are writing your own system, which is probably not smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, or it's the most smart thing that you could do. Maybe uh, I think I think with my style, um, it's as as universal and clear as possible. So, like, I have so few rules. It's just like um, set the course, show the tension. I think that's what maybe that's what sets me as me apart is like I say, hey, hey, GM, this is the tension. If you can maintain, okay. if you can maintain this, and you understand why this exists, and and six hours from now, this tension might turn to it in a different direction. Um, as long as you can like keep that at, at, at like a fever pitch, you're gonna have your players like caring. Um, that might be one of the few things that sets me apart is like the the tension mapping, um, and and on some level, kind of what I hear is that you are teaching your GMs through the process of running your game mm-hmm. how to be storytelling, like 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 not 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 in the in the in the trademark term that White Wolf uses, but in the like grander term of like this tradition you're teaching them to be storytellers and not just gms you're like tell the story i think so i think so and like um there's there's a lot of ways i guess like the module could like take a left turn and 30 or you know 15 hours later you're so off the mark that that hook that the author has like written in doesn't make sense anymore i think that and maybe I should do a better job at having like little footnotes on the side or something like that, like on every other page. Like, hey, reminder, these are the few notes that you need to be hitting in order for the the larger narrative to work. Like, maintain these points of tension throughout. Um, hmm. And I do, I do have like I have those little markers. They're like parens with the plus sign. Um, it's like, hey, like pay attention to this. Like, please make sure you know. Uh, make sure Hannah it has been captured. Make sure they found her finger because she had a ring on when she was pulled into the invert. And like, that's the one part of her body that didn't have clothes on, you know, like she lost her finger. So, uh, and make sure a PC collects that finger, like make them touch it, make them put it in their pocket or not make them, but like make sure that piece of her is a part of them. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, like, I, I guess I'm just trying to write in a way that I would want to be spoken to. Um, and I I need plain direction. I, I think when I when I pick up, uh, God, I just picked up, like, um, Veins of the Veins of the Earth. Ah, uh, how is it? It's rad. I mean, it's like, it's a tome, like, an E. Patrick Stewart, but, like, um, you know, it's really intimidating at first and you're like, you know, flipping through the monsters and and the directions and stuff. Um, I I think I went in an opposite direction with Beneath. Like I wrote it for myself, AKA a noob uh, who's never done it before. You know, like I wanted to write it in a way where I could give it to uh, either a 17 year old or a 72 year old and they would probably be able to figure it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Now, uh, at any point during that process, were you tempted to throw a logo on there and be like, and be like, and 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 to to market it, to start marketing it towards somebody? Were you like, oh, you know, fuck it, I just am gonna throw an LOTFP logo on there and I'm gonna cash in on those guys or something? Uh, no. Um, and I think, I think we have a great opportunity. Um, like as creators, as, as I hate saying indie creators, but like as indie creators who aren't tied to Hasbro or aren't tied to whatever the fuck that shit is. Um, we, (laughs) we have an opportunity to do whatever we want, you know, and just say like, Hey, you know, like this is, this might be something really different. You might not like it if you're brave enough, you know, crack the cover, look at it, have fun with it. Um, I think it would be do, doing myself a disservice if I were to kind of ride on the coattails of like, of those guys, of anybody, you know, um, just make your own stuff. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Just like be brave, make your own crap. Um, Make something different. Make something crazy. Uh, make something like capital C crazy. You know, like yes, scare. I love it. Scare yourself. I love it. Yeah. Now you've been uh, busting your ass on this one with like your own art, right? You yeah. have been sitting down at the drawing table. You've got you've got that art degree, right? You've mm-hmm. got that you got that art degree. You're putting it to work. Yeah. Uh, what's that been like? Uh, that's been. Um, Super, super fun. I was really worried at first because I remember, I remember during um, when book when book one was on Kickstarter, I sat down and I drew a slug that looked like <laughs> shit. It looked like shit. Oh my god! Oh, well, I mean, a slug is very kind of you know turdish looking. So. No, dude. I'm like, I got my I got my computer pulled up and I like Googled slug. I'm like looking through all these slug <laughs> images. And then I get my like micron marker out and my like special sketchbook and I'm like tediously staring at the slug. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rad. And I'm like doing like slug veins and slug slime. And <laughs> half an hour later, I look up uh. and this slug looks like looks just terrible. And I like I took a photograph and I put it on Instagram like instantly like my thumb shaking. I'm like, I should not post this. This looks like a like a child like a child made it <laughs> like my voice. I think my voice cracked when I said that. Um, so I posted it and I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going to, I'm like, take it. I'm going to take it down. Like I'm not getting any likes. I'm like, Oh God. And I think the caption was, should I put this in beneath? <laughs> 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 and the only person that commented was, I think, uh, I don't remember what Scott upon Cristiano said, but he was like, he didn't, he didn't say no, don't put it in your book. But he said, if you need help, I will help you illustrate your book. Um, <laughs> you need <it>. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, I know. You know what? Friends. What a gift. Thank God for friends. I, 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 I had, I was following him. We had never spoken before. Um, what? Really? I didn't know him. I, I oh still, ha- I, I still haven't met him. Um, so I, I messaged him. I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'll like work with you. And I was, I knew he was going to be expensive, but he like totally cut me a break. Um, and he made Beneath Book One shine so bright. Like he, he's, he's gifted, number one. Um, but he's also like, um, like I would send him straight from the book, you know, here's a description of the um, 
incense golem, uh, make it look a little bit like uh, Juggernaut, and make incense pouring out of his face. And then mm-hmm. two days later, he like delivers this perfect, beautiful, like very like lovely but gross illustration. Um, so yeah, like I uh, f- through my own uh, ignorance and whatever, I posted the slug and got really lucky. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that's most of my career. Just, just that. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with, with being lucky, man. I mean, the thing is, is you have to work hard to to uh, to get in that position of luck, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, luck doesn't just happen. <sighs> yeah, I don't believe in luck at all. I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. It takes a lot of tenacity and practice and failure. Um, but yeah, fast forward a year, um, I was messing around with like uh, Adobe Illustrator, and I downloaded uh, Inkscape, which is like a free sort of like a um, GIMP, like Photoshop GIMP kind of thing. Um, and it took me about a month to figure out how to draw with it. But I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident with that. Yeah. Well, okay. So now the content, the content of this, of this art is raw. It's like, it's, uh, it's eyebrow raising, yep. right? Like I think I said it on an episode of FMRPG previously. I think I said, you don't own a role playing book like this. You might think you do. You might have bought one of those ones that you saw behind a counter at a role playing store and had like a girl in a corset on the front, but right. like you don't own, you do not own a book like this. Right. Um, and, and in describing it, some people have used the word pornography. Mm-hmm. I've heard that word a couple times. Sure. Now, now, uh, I, I'd like to hear you talk to us. Do you consider it to be pornographic? Do you consider it to be art? Is there a line between these two things? How hard are you pushing it? Enlighten us. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's there's weird lines. You know, like um, I consider it more art than pornographic for sure um but it's definitely uh it doesn't pull any punches you know like you're going to be confronted with um my version of a mimic and the mimic is going to be a person in the corner that is very lovely and difficult to not look at and your party will be um walking closer and closer to this form um and all of a sudden this this creature will stand and it's holding a mirror and you realize that oh it might be a townsperson that you recognize and you might do a a check to see if it's one of the people that you're supposed to be saving and then you realize that um it's this really really amazing looking hermaphrodite um and it has every sex imaginable um and then when you look away the sex change or the gender changes and this form is nothing like you've seen before. Um, there's that. Um, and that goes into the whole like mistrusting your own body. Um, and then there will be like, you know, sexual acts inside the inver. I mean, that's, that's the whole like point of like book one, like the townspeople have been seduced into this world. And of course, like they're seeing these new ways of expressing their, themselves physically that they've never really, even thought of to do before. And, um, I feel like now's the time in this book, um, that I can like just fucking do it. You know, like why would I hold back? I think, I feel like if I hold held back at this point, the book would be sort of soft, you know, like 
if if someone were to read beneath one and then pick up beneath two and I hadn't done this type of work, they would be like, what, what is this guy doing? You know, like, what's the point? You got, you got to go to the next level. You got to make sure as, as long as it, as long as people care. I mean, it's my job to make people make players care about the world and care about the NPCs and want to keep going. I think it's okay. Um, so, so when people and I, when, okay, personally, so it's just cards on the table. When people have used the word pornography with me describing the book, I push back against it. I don't like that word in regards to the book. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like that's a mixed characterization of the intentionality of the work, it, or well, do you? Yes, only because it's so loaded. Like the the conversation could end there. Um, and I wouldn't be there to like go into this uh, podcast diatribe and make people understand. So, yeah, when that word is thrown out, of course. Uh, but, I mean, like Game of Thrones, for God's sake, you know, like if 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 <laughs> if, if, if someone from ten years ago were to watch Game of Thrones, they <laughs> maybe yeah. like ten fifteen years ago, um, they would be aghast, you know. Or to read Game of Thrones, for, you know, like children doing stuff, um, they they would just they would be on the floor. Um, so, like, I think like as an indie creator, as someone like outside the the mainstream and someone outside like the the commercial space of role playing, um, there's definitely a, a a need. I think there's a need for work like this, um, and there's also a need for like us to like not be ashamed of stuff like this either. Um, that like there were certain blogs that talked about book one and they were really upset about the miradors and seducing their way through this dungeon and what did it mean? And, um, they quickly fell into this trap of, um, of imagining it for themselves and sort of speaking to the cliche, sort of like feeding the, the cliche of like, oh, this is just going to be like gross for gross sake. And, you know, like it doesn't mean a thing. And that's fine. Like if you don't want it to mean a thing, then it doesn't mean a thing to you. But to me, I am carefully crafting it to mean something very powerful. Cool. Yeah. Good. Good. I love it. So I am glad that you brought up Game of Thrones because yes. I think that the purpose of the scenes that you're referring to in Game of Thrones is to titillate. That's the point. Is you're supposed to feel a little bit kind of like hot under the collar, like raise your eyebrows. You don't want to watch it with your parents. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, but your material, it's not like you're trying to like produce boners here. You're mm-hmm. trying. You're, you have a different agenda. Is that correct? Yeah. So like. Um I always have like a weird, I always have a a strange sort of like litmus test with like, um, like as much as I love, um, kingdom death, as much as I think it's a fun, crazy, awesome product. Um, that's not what beneath is like, it's not the anime exaggerated, um, hyper feminine, uh, artwork. It's not that. It's meant to 
disturb and challenge people. It's it's not completely meant to turn people on, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that um, if Kingdom Death hadn't done a lot of the, like, um, overt female exploitation stuff, it would have been, like, a high art game. I mean, it already sort of is. It's, sort of, it's like, you know, it's so overproduced. It's like a prog rock of of uh a board <laughs> game amazing. you know like it's just, that's amazing it just it's so much um but if if kingdom death is is like the dream theater of, of board gaming <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's um if, if if they had restrained themselves in that particular way and a lot of that is marketing and like you know selling more units or like or or maybe just making a product that you enjoy as a creator i mean that maybe that's what the creator loves and that's fine too um but i think if that had been restrained a, a lot um it would have appealed to um more female gamers and it would have been a very higher higher art product um I think that's my goal as like as little and tiny as I am and I'm just making these books. Um, I would much rather create something that um, challenges people's notions of physicality rather than turning them on, you know. Um, Have you gotten feedback from female gamers about their experiences with Beneath? No. Um, I think I'm so new and so like... Uh, I don't know how many people have really played the game. So no, not yet. Mm-mm. Well, I'll throw it out here. They can get in touch with you at Severed Books, right? Yes. Tell them where. Te- let let the audience know right now since we're on it where they can get a hold of you. Yeah, go to severedbooks.com. And that all your contact is on there. Yep. 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 Okay. So yeah. if you're a female gamer, you have a interaction with Beneath that you'd like the creator to be aware of. Please, please get at him. Um, positive or negative, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to be as, as fair and balanced as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, we just want to know, right? As, as people who create, we just want to know what people think, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And especially, especially in a field where like it's, it's very male skewed. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I don't even know that this message in a bottle is going to be heard by all that many females. I mean, one hopes, but one does not know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like, I, I think in, in beneath like the larger message when I'm, when I'm talking about this, like genderless, raceless, like perfect being, which is the antagonist. Um, I hope that I'm sort of speaking to that, you know, like the ideal in beneath is this like beautiful race of people that like are living beyond their physicality. They, that has nothing to do with male, female has nothing to do with, you know, uh, where you're from in the world or whatever world you're bringing to the game. Um, in, I think that the biggest threat to you as a player in the game is that, that, your body is nothing, you know, like your character sheet could disappear at any second. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. 
Now, we are getting a little bit on the long side here. I know that you're a busy individual and you've got a lot to do. So uh, I just have another couple of points I want to bring up with you, and then we'll let you go for sure. the evening. Uh, I know you got another uh, project that you are working on, which is um, the world designing for kids. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Um, so th- that is that on Patreon right now? No. So like, I um, was it over? Did we miss it? No. It's there's still like a small GoFundMe for that. So like, I um, two months ago I got hired by Baltimore City to do after school workshops with kids. Um, and I was, I was like, man, I'm really torn about what I, what system I want to teach them. Should I do the black hack? I don't know. Um, so I created like a really simple 3D6 system. So um, you wrote another system. <laughs> e- now you're writing your second system. Damn it, yes. No, no system guy. Okay, okay. Just, just checking. I'll let you get back to the story now. Sorry. It's a mini system. <laughs> There's no, there, there, there are no mini systems, only mini adventures. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So I've been, um, yeah, every Monday I've been going to this library and teaching these awesome kids how to role play. Um, hopefully how to make their own games. But I get, I get new kids every week and some, some kids come over from the previous week and it's really, I only have an hour and it's really difficult to um, carry a narrative from week to week and then teach the new kids what to do. Uh, it's the most challenging workshopping I've ever done. So um, I did write like a uh, like a seventy page guide. It's like half uh, it teaches the half simple system, and the other half is like a general world building kind of thing. And um, it's gotten I, I guess words words gotten around. Like I'm gonna um, go up to Brooklyn in December and teach like an all day workshop to this middle school, um, which I'm super stoked about. Um, and yeah, hopefully the book will be out by then. I'm just putting it out myself. It's not like no one's publishing it. It's just going to be like a, a paperback kind of thing. So awesome. Yeah. And you said that there's a GoFundMe that will assist you in that because we already missed the Patreon, but is there, yeah. you said there's still GoFundMe. I don't want anyone to have to do that because it's, it's, um, the, the printing of those books is very Baltimore specific unless, unless you have a listener who's in Baltimore or Maryland and they're really invested in the kids here. Um, just well, to... why don't you just throw it out? And if people, if people, because I mean, here's the thing is you're cultivating a new generation of role players. Is that right? I hope so. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and this generation of multi of, 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 of role players that you're cultivating is, is uh, all genders, right? Yeah. And multi-ethnic. Is that correct? Absolutely. Like uh, I'm teaching inner city Baltimore uh, city school kids. So yes. And that, sure. and that in and of itself, I mean, regardless of whether it's in Baltimore or not, that is, that is good work. That is something that I think there are people be, that would be out there that would be interested in supporting because we, if we're going to continue as a hobby, as a scene, as a, as a creative way of life, we have to expand. And we have what we really have to do, and we're in this amazing era right now where it's happening, yeah. we have to break down this white male-centric idea of what this scene is and i know it's two white males sitting here having this like highfalutin conversation about it yeah but on some level we it's always going to be guys like us unless we create a situation where people who are not like us can be part of it you're right. i think that that's good work and i think people would want to be involved in that okay well um instead of giving me money email me and i'll i'll talk to you about how to maybe do like to do it in your community or um We'll just chat and see what's best for you if you're in a different city. Um, 
yeah, we'll figure that out. But don't give me any money. Uh, no GoFundMe. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, you still get it, Justin, uh, at severedbooks.com. Yeah. And figure out what you can do in your community to do this kind of work because this this is important. It this is. is important work that it, we all that we all need to do. We all need to to get into this kind of frame of mind. Yeah. And I'll add that it is so fun. It is like it is you just like you you can't believe it when you you're sitting down at a table and kids are role playing for the first time and their eyes are just like lighting up like oh my god like I can do this. They, you can tell they're going to go home and do it. That that's the point where you're like oh shit like I nailed it today. Like they're going to go home and they're going to like try to do this like in their room. Um, that is the, that's the fucking best. Well, okay. It has always boggled me that people stop role playing in a certain way, because mm-hmm. let's, let's just take it. Let's get into the old way back machine for a second. <laughs> and when you're a kid, everybody role plays. Yep. That's just called playing. People will say, what are you guys doing? You go, Oh, we're playing. And, and you're like, what are you, what are you playing? And you go, Oh, we're doing spacemen. Or cops and robbers or whatever, you good, know, and, it's, and you you have a little character and you sit there and you talk about what, what the scene is, you know, you're like, oh, we're, we're in the space prison and we got to escape from space prison and there's, and there's bug aliens over there and they're coming to get us. And then you run around, you're all laughing. Yep. And then at a certain point you stop doing that. Yeah. And every, and if you still do that, then everybody's like, oh, you're weird. You're a big weirdo. It's like, why? Why do people stop doing that? You don't stop playing basketball. You don't stop watching TV, but you do stop doing that, and yeah. it's it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Why why do people stop? And I think that it's great to have a um a vector out of childhood that says if you just kind of stay on this path, here's a socially acceptable way to do it. You don't have to like you know be walking around in public going spaceman, spaceman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can, just, you can <laughs> yeah. You you but you can still pretend. You can still yeah. pretend with your friends. It's fun. It's a good time. Yeah, it's it's so, he- um, it's healthy. It's good for your. It's good for stress. It's good for creativity. Um, I know the 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 group of of newbies that I test my stuff with. They they had never role played before, and they love it. So they they're they're all old. You know, they're all thirty five plus years old, and they they can't get enough. So yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yep. Right, you, you you make friends. You make friends doing it. Yeah. You know, we live in a time, man, I'm just Mr. Social Issue guy today, aren't I? We sit around, <laughs> we sit around looking at our phones and we sit around looking at screens all day and all of the traditions about everybody sits around a table and looks each other in the eye and talks, all that shit's going away. Yeah. But role playing is still about that. Yeah. That's what role playing is fundamentally about. For hours and hours at a time. And that's, yeah. that's rare. That is, that's a rare thing. And you will make new friends doing it. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 older than I'd like to admit. I keep making new friends doing this silly hobby that I love, and I just fucking love it. Yep. So, man, before I let you go, I just got to ask, what can we expect from Severed Books in the future? We're coming up on 2018. 2018 says I mean, 2018 is just right there, man. I mean, yeah. We're gonna be there in like the blink of an eye. So, what can we expect from Severed Books in 2018? Because we've had some amazing adventures already. What's next? So, we're still working on Kevin Sherry's uh, Scales and Tales, which is like a young, uh, young player adventure. Uh, Kevin. Um, is well known for the Yeti files, um, and oh gosh, a thing as big as the ocean, and I can't remember the. It's got another one out with either Scholastic or Penguin. Either way, he's a madman, um, and he's working at a very odd 
um, system agnostic, of course, module. Um, that should be out in 2018. We're gonna, um, I know he's got a chapter of it ready for PAX next month, PAX Unplugged in Philly. So there's that. And then I am. So that's next month. You haven't been to that yet. That was the first year they're, they're doing it. PAX, um, and I didn't know this, like, I guess PAX is their, their, their test in the waters with board game stuff. And uh-huh. um, people are obviously over the moon that it's happening because board games and stuff are, are the shit. So. <laughs> and, and you uh, are going to be meeting up out there with uh, James Vale and uh, Christopher Gray, is that right? Yeah. Uh, so Saturday I um, put together like a, a off-site meetup kind of thing. And um, if everything works out, we're all going to meet up at a bar and uh, talk about weird, dark indie RPGs. So if anybody's in the Philly area, um, get a hold of me through severedbooks.com and I'll send you the, the Facebook invite. And um, that should be really fun. Like, we're just going to, like, hang out, talk about funny things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So envious. So envious. Um, yeah. And I, I rudely interrupted you. You're about to, you're about to talk about what, you're, what you've got coming up? Oh, yeah. So I am playing around with doing, well, I know I'm going to do another Beneath something. Um, it's going to involve Emily, the NPC from book two. She's a witch from uh, an area just north of Cragley. I'm kind of drilling a little deep, but um, been playing around with like a, not a board game. I don't want to call it a board game, but something I can craft uh, with the skills, the few skills that I have with 3D terrain. I want to make something a little, a little different. That's very in the beginning stages. So like I, I, I definitely want to create or I want to keep the Beneath series going, but maybe uh, for this next thing, just steer it a little bit away from books and more board game-ish. Maybe like, uh, I don't want to even say casual, but like maybe, I, maybe I've said too much. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm going to do <laughs> something with witches and it's going to be sick <laughs> good, good. That's, sounds that's good that's it <laughs> well you heard it here folks first guys 2018 justin Soroy's severed books witches get get on it happy halloween bros happy halloween bros what are you gonna be for halloween b <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna be the designated driver oh <laughs> yeah how many diet how many diet cokes uh, all of them. Oh. <laughs> However many I can get. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in the corner, just one after another. Oh. Well. Yeah, it's, all, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't even. How I don't, about you? What, what I, are you going to be? I do not have a costume. My son, my, my wife is upstairs and I can hear her sewing right now. She's creating <laughs> this amazing little, very little wizard costume. Um, it's gonna be rad. He's, That's gonna be amazing. Oh, it all handmade. But I I hope to see it on the Insta. You will see it on the Insta for sure. Uh, good. Yeah, good. I'm excited about that. Well, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this evening. Thank you. It's been I a, really appreciate you, a, man. It's been a pleasure and a pestilence. <laughs> <laughs> buy buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> For a very reasonable rate yeah. add on on Kickstarter, I think exactly. it's fourteen. Is that correct? Oh, it's twelve dollars. I mean that twelve dollars. That's for all right, guys. All the goddamn work I'm putting into this, 
seriously <laughs> and this is a lot of work it's a lot of work it's a hurt it hurts it sometimes uh-huh. it's so much work that like it hurts my eyes and my body so you know at least check it out Gosh. guys guys you all know i'm an lotfp guy so i'm gonna <laughs> throw that out there i'm just gonna be like look guys 100 <laughs> monsters for your lotfp game yes 12 there's bucks penises what's and, and vaginas and like, everything in between. Sometimes see, there's nothing in between that, at it, all. It's it's all taint. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin. All right, man. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll catch you. We'll catch you later. Always a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to my interview with Justin. I'd like to thank Justin for being on, making himself available to us once again. Justin, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. If you need to get a hold of Full Metal RPG, you can find us at fullmetalrpg.com. Adam Sink curates that page. Thanks, Adam. Find my Instagram, fullmetalrpg on Insta. At fullmetalrpgofficial is... Is that what it's called? Yeah, just email. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.